Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, November 30th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning our gaze to the skies, Riverside, brace for a cool day ahead with temperatures peaking at a high of 57.6 degrees and dipping to a low of 53.5 as we move towards nightfall. In today's top news, a seismic shift could be underway for the Securities and Exchange Commission as the Supreme Court signals a potential limitation of the watchdog's enforcement powers. We'll delve deep into the ramifications this could have on the administrative state and the broader financial market. Meanwhile, the political stage is set for a fiery confrontation between California's own Gavin Newsom and Florida's Ron DeSantis. The two heavyweights are scheduled to square off in a much-anticipated California governor debate. With their clashing visions for America, this could be more than just a state-level skirmish. It's an ideological battle that could have national repercussions. In lighter, yet no less exciting news, the scientific community is abuzz as the long-lost DeWinton's golden mole has been found. We'll explore how an extraordinary mix of sniffer dogs and environmental DNA analysis made the discovery possible and what this means for conservation efforts. Stay tuned for detailed coverage on these stories and more, right here on Alex's News. Our top story this morning is a potentially game-changing legal battle that's unfolding at the Supreme Court. We're joined by our reporter Ethan, who's been following the details of the case. Ethan, can you break down what's happening? Sure. Grace, the Supreme Court is reviewing a case involving George Jarkisi, who's challenging the sex practice of using in-house judges to impose fines and require repayments. Jarkisi was hit with a $300,000 fine and ordered to repay almost $700,000, he's contending that he was entitled to a trial by jury, and that administrative agencies like the SEC shouldn't have the power to hold these types of proceedings without that option. This sounds like more than just an individual complaint. How significant is this case for the SEC and potentially other agencies? It's very significant, Grace. The case is a focal point for a broader conservative pushback against what they see as overreach by federal regulatory agencies, you might hear it referred to as the administrative state. If the conservative justices side with Jarky C, we could see a real limitation on not just the sex enforcement powers, but potentially those of other federal agencies as well. Could you dive a bit deeper into what Jarkisi's legal team is arguing against the SEC? They argue that the sex internal process for determining penalties violates the Seventh Amendment, which guarantees a right to a jury trial. Now, critics of the sex process argue that these administrative courts sidestep constitutional rights and that Congress never intended for an agency to wield so much power without judicial oversight. And there's been quite a bit of support for Jarkisi's position, right? Absolutely. Elon Musk and various conservative and business groups have backed Jarkisi's challenge. They're concerned about the implications of allowing an agency to act as judge and jury without offering individuals their day in federal court. What are the potential consequences if the Supreme Court rules against the SEC here? The implications could be far-reaching. Beyond impacting the sex ability to enforce securities laws, this could set a precedent that affects how numerous federal agencies operate. Some legal experts warn that this could lead to a reduction in the regulatory powers of these agencies, potentially watering down the government's ability to enforce regulations across the board. It seems like the SEC in-house proceedings have been seen as efficient, but is that the only argument in their favor? The efficiency of the sex in-house courts is certainly one argument, 
These proceedings are faster than federal court cases, which proponents say is crucial in addressing enforcement promptly. Furthermore, administrative law judges have specialized knowledge in securities law, which could lead to more informed decisions. Also, it's worth noting that the SEC has been using these types of proceedings for decades, with congressional backing giving them considerable discretion over enforcement cases. But despite these advantages, there's a strong push against them? Yes, that's the crux of the argument for those challenging the practice. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals even deemed these SEC courts unconstitutional. This Supreme Court case is now set to resolve the conflict, deciding whether the sex procedures align with the Constitution. It's a complex issue, for sure. Ethan, thank you so much for providing us with a detailed look at this pivotal case. You're welcome, Grace. It's one to watch closely as it could redefine the limits of federal regulatory power. Definitely. We'll be right back with more after this. Stay with us. This is story one of three on today's news agenda. Turning our focus to the West Coast, there's a heated debate brewing between two high-profile governors. Chloe, you've been following the story coming out of California where Governor Gavin Newsom is set to face off with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Can you tell us more about what's at stake here? Absolutely, Grace. This isn't just a debate about policy, it's a showdown of ideologies that could echo far beyond their respective states. Newsom is championing the progressive platform, which includes staunch support for abortion rights and LGBT protections. Meanwhile, DeSantis is riding the wave of conservative values, frequently taking swipes at California as the perfect example of liberal policies gone awry. What are some of the key contrasts in their political stances that are coming into play here? Well, their approach to the COVID-19 pandemic couldn't be more different. DeSantis has been very much about keeping Florida open, resisting lockdowns, and framing his policies as protecting personal freedoms. On the other hand, Newsom enforced some of the most stringent measures in the nation. Even on economic fronts, their views diverge sharply, with DeSantis spotlighting Florida's business-friendly climate and Newsom defending California's stances, despite the criticisms relating to high taxes and business regulations. So, what might this debate mean for each of them politically? What's the bigger picture? For Governor DeSantis, this is a chance to solidify his standing among Republicans, especially as he's eyeing a presidential run in 2024. Governor Newsom, although not interested in a presidential bid, could use this platform to reinforce his image as a strong progressive leader. This debate is as much about their potential political trajectories as it is about the specific issues. Chloe, the LA Times article also mentioned other issues bubbling to the surface in California politics. Can you delve into that a bit? Certainly. We're seeing a sharp uptick in hate crimes in Los Angeles County, specifically violent ones, which is a significant concern. Additionally, Los Angeles is contemplating a switch to independent redistricting if voters give the green light in the next election, this could majorly shift the political landscape. Meanwhile, the Oakland A's possible move and the exit of technology executive Lexi Reese from the Senate race are creating ripples. Not to forget the state's flirtation with artificial intelligence and governance, it's all part of California's complex political fabric at the moment. And how are these issues resonating on a personal level for the voters? Voters are paying close attention. The changes in redistricting could affect their representation, and the surging hate crimes are creating a lot of unease. The economic impacts of the A's leaving Oakland could be profound, and Reese dropping out of the Senate race narrows the field. All this, against the backdrop of AI in government, 
raises questions about efficiency and technocracy among Californians. With such stark contrasts between Newsom and DeSantis, do we anticipate any common ground, or will this be a head to head battle of ideologies? It's shaping up to be a pretty head to head battle. While both governors have engaged in debates before, DeSantis often uses California's issues as a foil to tout Florida's policies. However, Newsom isn't one to shy away from defending his state's progressive stance on labor, climate, healthcare, and gun legislation. It will indeed be an interesting debate to watch. Chloe, thanks for breaking down all those details and giving us a clearer picture of the dynamic political landscape in California. It's my pleasure, Grace. It's definitely a story we'll continue to watch unfold. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in. Here are some other headlines for today, in a vivid display of the festive season against a backdrop of political unrest. New Yorkers and tourists alike witnessed the iconic Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center light up, as pro-Palestinian protests unfolded nearby. The juxtaposition marks a stark reminder of the enduring Middle East tensions during a time traditionally known for peace and goodwill. Turning our attention to the environment, the international community sets its gaze on the United Arab Emirates where COP28 is underway. This climate summit arrives at a pivotal moment for environmental policy, with the host nation's economic foundations in the oil industry adding a layer of complexity to the urgent call for action on climate change. In the realm of American politics, rumblings within the Republican Party suggest a possible push toward impeachment for President Biden. A formal vote is being considered, marking a new chapter in the already strained relations between the two major political parties. The White House has expressed concern over the potential proceedings, questioning the motivations behind this political maneuver. The world is reflecting on the life and legacy of Henry Kissinger, who has passed away at the age of 100. The influential diplomat and foreign policy expert leaves behind a multifaceted legacy, honored by global leaders for his diplomatic contributions, while simultaneously inviting scrutiny over his controversial policies. Lastly, a glimmer of hope in Gaza as a truce extension keeps hostilities at bay for another day. Despite this peaceful interlude, the complex negotiations surrounding the return of hostages held by Hamas remind us that the road to lasting peace is one of enduring challenge and delicate diplomacy. These headlines underscore a day punctured by critical geopolitical developments, environmental debates, historical reflection, and legislative confrontations. And on a related note, the most uplifting news story today, based on the headlines provided, is the passing of Henry Kissinger at age 100. His centenarian milestone, the opportunity to reflect on a towering legacy, and the educational aspect of revisiting historical events provide a moment for us to appreciate a long and impactful life. While the loss of a prominent figure is inherently somber, it also allows us to celebrate their achievements and the indelible mark they've left on world affairs. Stay with us for more in-depth coverage on these stories and other news throughout the day. We have some thrilling news from the world of science and environmental conservation. Researchers in South Africa have encountered a species that was considered long lost until now. The De Winton's golden mole hasn't been seen by human eyes since 1936. For more on this remarkable discovery, we're joined by Ethan, who has been closely following this story. Ethan, can you give us an overview of this rediscovery? Absolutely, Grace. The De Winton's Golden Mole, 
which sat on a list of the top 25 most wanted lost species, has re-emerged in the wild thanks to some innovative research techniques. Their habitat, currently unprotected and facing threats from development and diamond mining, could get a lifeline from this rediscovery reported by NPR. Now, Ethan, I understand a sniffer dog played a significant role here. Can you tell us more about that? That's correct, Grace. A trained border collie named Jessie was instrumental in this process. Jessie's keen sense of smell allowed her to detect the mole's presence underground, sniffing out traces of the moles in their tunnels, despite them being out of sight. That's quite impressive. And besides this extraordinary dog, the researchers used environmental DNA analysis. For our listeners who might not be familiar, could you explain what that is? Certainly. Environmental DNA, or Edna for short, is genetic material collected from the environment. This could mean soil, water, or even air. Researchers analyze this genetic data to detect species that might be eluding traditional observation methods. This technique is non-invasive, sensitive, and doesn't disturb the ecosystem under study. So, they took what? Soil samples, and then what happens next in the Edna analysis? The researchers collect these environmental samples where they suspect the target species might be. They extract the DNA from these samples, which may contain mixed genetic material from various species. Then they amplify the Edna, targeting specific genetic markers linked to the species of interest. This amplifies the signal they're looking for. Finally, by analyzing this amplified Edna, they can confirm the presence or absence of the species in that environment. It sounds revolutionary, but are there any drawbacks to this method? There are some challenges, Grace. Edna can be misleading. Detecting the DNA doesn't always mean the species is currently present. It could have been transported or even come from a deceased individual. The analysis relies heavily on databases and bioinformatics, which need to be comprehensive and accurately interpreted. There's also the factor of ecological variables, like DNA degradation rates and DNA transport, that can impact results. Researchers are working on standardizing protocols and improving methods to address these issues. How might this rediscovery and the methods used impact the future of species conservation? The implications are huge. The hope is that the De Winton's golden mole's habitat can gain protected status due to this finding. This would safeguard the species from existing threats while also bringing attention to the need for habitat conservation. Furthermore, there are plans to train more dogs like Jesse to aid in conservation efforts. The overall advancement of Edna analysis can continue to aid in researching and conserving the world's biodiversity. It's an exciting time for science and environmental protection. Thank you for that fascinating and in-depth look, Ethan. My pleasure, Grace. It's been great to share the rediscovery of the De Winton's Golden Mole with everyone. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.